Whenever I visit France, I always see lots of top bottles for sale, but when I get back home, those same bottles can be much harder to find, if not impossible. That's why I use IdealWine.com. At IdealWine.com, I can buy wines directly from France for delivery directly to my home. They have new auctions every week, and the fixed price selection is equally awesome. Clos Rouchard, Chateau Reyes, and Ulysse Colon, as well as many more greats from all over France, are regularly available on the website. Best of all, it is simple and hassle-free to buy them. Ideal Wine handles all the customs and logistics hurdles for you and for me. Wines are ordered with a couple of clicks, and then they arrive. It is simple. Check out IdealWine.com for more information. That's I-D-E-A-L-W-I-N-E.com to find what you'd like to be drinking. I'm Levy Dalton, and this is All Drink to That, where we get behind the scenes of the wine business. Kristen Murphy on the show today of the Wine Library in New Jersey. Hello. Hello. Thank you for having me on. Delightful to have you here. Well, just pleased. So uh, you do a lot for the old Wine Library these days uh, with the buying and with the social media side, but maybe we could talk a little bit about you know how you ended up getting to that point before we flesh out what it is you do. And yes. How did you end up getting to that point before well, we flesh out what it is you do? It's a very circuitous route, um, <laughs> as I think everyone does when they get into wine. Um so I had basically gone for my undergrad in French and poli-sci, so kind of got to the end of my time. I wanted to continue my with my French. Um, I had just been abroad and really loved it. And so I had come to a conundrum. What am I going to do? Because poli-sci is kind of like the new English major where you can do anything, but you have no skills. Um and then French, you know, you go to a grad program in French and it's study Flaubert, study Proust, and then become a professor. So that is not what I wanted to do. I wanted something more interesting and applicable to real life, although I wasn't quite sure what I wanted to do yet. Um, I was thinking politics at the time and that changed. Um, so I had found out about this program called the Professional French Master's Program at the University of Wisconsin. Oh, okay. So, you know, that that was great. And my uh, French professor down at uh, University of Rhode Island, where I was doing my undergrad, was basically saying, oh, Christine, you have to go and do this program. It is perfect for you. So, you know, you don't know if he's speaking French or English, but you just know that you understand him. Um, so I said, well, of course, Dr. Durand, I, I will go. Um, and I got accepted into the program at uh, the PFMP, as it's lovingly called. Um, and I had gone out there and said, well, okay, I'm going to have to like Madison for a year, I guess. I ended up loving it. So it was fantastic. And I was really getting into wine. And, um, you know, I had dabbled in it when in France, but I hadn't really gotten very geeky about it um, until I got out to Madison and I was working at a little wine shop. And my mom over the summer had said, you know, hey, look at this. Here's a Time Magazine article about this crazy guy who does this wine podcast, a video thing. I don't know. You should check it out. It's free. So I said, well, okay, I'm going to do that. 
Um, so I started watching, um, and that turned out to be Gary Vaynerchuk. So that's kind of how that all <laughs> started. Um, I became a big fan and started watching every day. Um, but then I started tasting a lot of different wines, having you know worked there at this wine shop. Um, and at the same time at school, I was kind of going into the politics thing. And so basically at the PFMP, you do one year out in Madison, and then on the second year of your grad program, you go off on your own, you go to a francophone country, and you basically try and tie in the internship that they have you do with what you're studying for your thesis. So I was all gung-ho at the beginning, like, yeah, I'm going to go to Strasbourg, I'm going to go to Brussels, and I'm going to be at the EU, and I'm going to do, you know, something political, and da-da-da-da-da. And, um, that kind of changed. Um, I had basically floated my idea for my uh, thesis was basically comparing political satire between France and America using The Daily Show and Colbert here and show in you France. You wanted to get paid to watch TV, basically. Uh, yeah, I mean, why not, right? <laughs> That's great, uh, especially things that make you laugh. Um, so that and a French show called Les Guignols, which is basically like The Daily Show with marionettes. Uh, it's rather French and very hilarious. So um, <laughs> he had floated the idea to the director, Rit Dietz, and he was kind of looked at me and goes, you know you have to write this in French, right? <laughs> and I go, yes. <laughs> and he's like, I think you're going to focus far too much on America with this. But this little side project you're doing on wine, and that's really interesting. Um, and it was kind of a vague idea about wine and globalization and what's going on. Um, and and he's what like, year was that? That was in 2007. Um, and my uh, grad program went 2007 to 2008. I was in Madison. And then the second year was 2008 to 2009. So it was kind of after Mondovino? So like yes. wine and globalization had become had, kind of a more current topic. Right. <clears throat> exactly. And so it was really coming to the forefront. And for someone who was a nascent wine person, you know, that started to become interesting to me after tasting wines and, you know, having awful experiences with Trader Joe's and <laughs> and then Did having... they overcharge you? No, you're no. Like, no, it... you're charging me $3 for Chuck. And, right. And... Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, those are always great to have, but uh, no, it was one particular Pinot Noir that I had tried like, oh yeah, I'm going to try this. It's only $10 and I had to pour it down the drain. And that was when I kind of realized, yeah, they're a really bad one wines out there. That's why they created beef bourguignon. That is correct. So um, so he basically, uh, my director, kind of pushed me into the wine thing. And uh, I was fine with that. And, you know, I'm like, well, hey, somebody's going to do it. So, And I don't have to spell marionette. And so that sounds good. That is correct. Um, so I was pleased about that. And um, eventually, basically, we had a woman at the program who would um, make sure that the internship you were getting was not being an au pair. Like, there was actual work right. that you'd she do. Was, like, looking out for you so you didn't get, like, used. Yeah, precisely. So, um, it was a very small program. Um, 14 people or 15 people about. Oh, okay. That's pretty so, manageable. you know, very intimate. We all knew each other. We all went to, you know, a bunch of our French classes together and whatnot. And, um, and so... I was about one of the last ones to find out my internship. Of course, everyone's, yeah, I'm excited. I'm going here. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. And I'm like, oh, I, d I don't know what What's I'm doing. What's behind door number three? <laughs> Precisely. So um, I finally got the call um, from Patrizia, um, our internship coordinator. And she said, you know, you're going to be working at this Bordeaux uh, 
chateau. Wow, that's um, cool. Yeah, very cool. Um, you're going to live on site with the family. And as it turns out, she is best friends with the winemaker's sister-in-law. Patricia is. Right. Patricia is. That sounds so, like learning about France to me. Precisely. I mean, that is just France in a in a box. I mean, that's, you know, le système day, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so then I was able, my internship, um, I actually got my visa about four hours before I had my flight leaving. Was that stressful at all? Um, oh, no. It was, it was really <laughs> calm and, you know, exciting. Um, my parents were in line. They were coming, you know, they get a trip out of this too, right? So uh, they were waiting in line and <laughs> they were telling every single person in line, oh, our daughter's waiting to get our visa and she's coming over from the consulate. Please go ahead. So by the time I got in there, Logan, uh, <laughs> I have all these people saying, oh, you got your visa. It's great Congratulations. To see <laughs> Heard so much about you. Uh, yeah, hey, exactly. Hey, how you doing? <laughs> so, you know, my my parents being my parents. Um, so we took a little trip and then we ended up, you know, we're flying into Bordeaux um, and, you know, just kind of stunned me seeing all the vineyards from above. Like, you know, I'd never really been out to Napa and wine country. I'd never really done all that. So being able to see it from above like really... The, the patchwork quilt of vineyards. Yes. Just, I mean, really spoke to me of how big of a, a place this was and, and just, wow, you know, I'm so excited to be here. Because there's not that many buildings no mostly, not at all or if they mean? are they're small and they dot the countryside you know like that's just kind of how it is so um my internship ran from august to november of 2008 oh that's fairly long time which you know which was fun and um he basically it's a small little estate about two hectares where was um, it it's in fransac okay and uh it's a small it's place right bank yeah right yeah. bank you know and he has he's a tenth generation Benoit Trocard's tenth generation winemaker, which is pretty cool, you know. Yeah, uh, not yeah, a lot of people yeah. can say that. So um, that was pretty interesting, and he was great. So basically, he takes on an intern during those months when he needs that extra set of hands. Oh, okay. And because the other part of the year he's, he's watching fine. French tires on TV. Yeah, I mean, pretty much. You know, why not take a <laughs> siesta? We're all good. So um, what's the difference between Frontzac and Canon Frontzac? It's Cannon Frontenac is basically further down by the river. Oh, um, okay. All right. And then if you go up a little bit higher up, because um, where I was, I was in the little town of Sayon. Okay. And um, it's kind of that like last one before you get into regular Bordeaux AOC. Um, and it's up higher. And actually, Frontenac is where um, uh, Michel Roland's place was. Sure. So I would drive the tractor by his place all the time and see the big yellow Hummer and, you know, all that. Oh, yeah, he yeah. has a big yellow Hummer. Oh, my God, yeah. It's outlandish and hilarious. Um, so I was there, and, and being, you know, in a small place, it was great because he it was one-on-one, -on -one, very hands-on. I mean, I was out, you know, green harvesting. I was out driving a tractor, which I never thought would be possible. Um, I even got photographic evidence so my mother would believe me. Um, and then did everything in the cellar as well. So, you know, we had basically one day of harvest. And 2008 was an interesting year because... By the time I got out there, it was kind of like iffy because um, you know, there had been so much rain that year in early in the uh, early in the year, and then basically by the time I got there until early October, it had been this beautiful Indian summer. There had been no rain; it was just beautiful every single day, and so that really helped dry out the vineyards and make sure that the grapes were okay. Um, you know, you still had to sort a little bit, but. 
it was uh, it was an interesting year to be there. Um, so that was pretty cool. And uh, he probably needed more of your help as a result. Yeah, yeah. And he had a very young vineyard at the time that he had just done some plantings in. So it was about that was like the biggest plot. That was about one hectare. So. You know, we were in there, you know, rototilling and weeding and just, you know, getting the vines basically up on the trellis system that we were putting in. Um, so it was a lot of heavy duty work. And, you know, I <laughs> I hated weeds by the time I was done there. But you hung in with it. But I hung in with it. And it was it was great. I mean, it was it was such a different experience that, you know, you got to live with the family. Because before, when I did my study abroad in France, I had lived in a student apartment. I was, you know, just kind of not connected totally with the life there. Especially the countryside life. Yeah. And I mean, you know, his family, his extended family would come and do the, uh, you know, come on Saturdays, we'd have the big massive lunch, um, you know, and then his father-in-law knew that I didn't like a lot of like eggy custard things and whatnot. And so he liked bringing chocolates and, you know, chocolate mousse and here you go, here's for you. Oh, um, that was nice one. Oh, he was great. Yeah. Jean-René loved me. So <laughs> it was a lot of fun. But have I mean, you it, had a chance to go back and try that wine? Like, no, unfortunately. We'll, we'll figure it out. Yeah, I know. Someday, you know. Um, so actually I have your second grade teacher right behind this door and she came and brought the front side. It's, you know, it's your life. I wish (laughs) it was that show. Uh, (laughs) So so no, I had, um, I had basically, I was finishing up and, and living in the country life and living in France. You don't generally get a lot of internet contact. Um, so every time I would right, go, there is no Wi-Fi internet. or whatever. Wi-Fi, yeah. Wi-Fi. Um, so <laughs> the so, showed spot. There's no hot spot. It's showed spot. Showed spot. Um, so by the time I had finished, um, to kind of tie back in how I was getting to Wine Library and how this all happened, um, I had been, of course, a fan of Gary, and I watched the podcast, and they knew who I was. I'd comment all the time and whatnot. Like you'd be in the comments to the in the boards, yeah. Being like, of course. hey, I love that one. Yeah, here's he had a question of the day every day so you know you'd answer it that was kind of his you know engagement thing and um so they knew who i was and i had actually met him and um his assistant matt cinema before i left oh you had right how did that so, come down uh he was doing a book signing for oh, his okay. first book uh the 101 wines book i want to be able to say my first book one day yeah i know isn't that a nice sure, thing my first my of first many book. publications yes uh, you know <laughs> my big contract with you know such and such um so i met him there and you know how, how was he in person oh great i mean just exactly how he is on camera he's big vivacious you know but very caring and you know i think that's a lot of things that people overlook is, you know, he really does care and he really remembers and that the remembering thing. I mean, he just like, I know who you are. You're Kristen. (laughs) Oh, hi. Yes, I am. You're a Patriots fan. He's like, I know who you are. Well, he was in Boston. (laughs) (laughs) Well, as I've told him (laughs) since working for him, you know, these past couple of years, I, I, I can't not be a Patriots fan or at least root for them rah rah on the side. I, sport, it's totally I, fine with me. Sport, I, I, I don't know. follow sport very much. Um, but you know, they they like, okay. We know you'd get cast out if you started rooting for the Jets. It's all right. <laughs> well. So we've come to an agreement. Um, <laughs> so. Uh, Back to Boston uh, in this book signing. So he was doing the book signing, met up with him and, you know, said hello. And his um, and I basically went 
hey, I'm going to Bordeaux and I'm going to be an intern and I'm going to work at a winery. And he was oh, like, oh, that's nice. awesome. You laced it that way. Oh, yeah, of course. Kinda you know, you got to <laughs> sprinkle it in. So um, so he uh, he's like, that's great. You know, you should come down and visit sometime after you come back. And I was like, yeah, that'd be fun. You know, I'd heard a lot about the store and I'd seen some of the videos that they took around it and it's it looked amazing. So I was like, well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I'm going to have to just write a thesis at that point after I get back. So well, I'll have Plenty some time. opportunity to drink wine. Exactly. Um, you know, I was living. So basically, I had found his uh, his assistant and there was an after party after this book signing. Right. Nice. Which I, is fun. I like to, to think that one day a show could be so successful that not only would you have an assistant <laughs> scheduler, but you would also have an after party. Right. That's, uh, I mean, that's just how it goes. Yeah. That's, I mean, you're going to have those after Actually, there's an after party right after this interview. Oh, awesome. Yeah, it's Do you have some orange wine? getting you some coffee. Yes. I love coffee. <laughs> I have some orange wine? <laughs> Funny you should mention. <laughs> so I had uh, basically I'd gone to the after party and having been a poli-sci major. So who was there? I mean, just everyone was from... Was it like Andre 3000? And... It was not. I, there are some people I can't say their names because we were actually under contract. Not <laughs> right, to. right. So... You're like, Jimmy Page. <laughs> Jim Morrison, wow, oh what are God, you doing what here? What are you doing alive? Wow. Amazing. Oh, my God. So um, <laughs> so we had gone to the after party. And having been a poli-sci major, I uh, had interned at a political office. For the, uh, oh, you did? Yes, I did at the Rhode Island governor's office. And this was before the France trip? This was far before any of this. This was undergrad. And I had been there. And having been there, I learned that schedulers are gods among busy men. Oh, that makes sense. Uh, very much so. I mean... You wouldn't want to make the scheduler mad in that office. It would just be a bad thing for you. I so, feel like I learned that in the Devil Wears Prada as well. Yes. Is that something I shouldn't admit to in public? N no, you should. Okay. And you should embrace it. Yeah. <laughs> not quite not quite <laughs> as high flouting as working for a governor, but, you know. Well, you know. It's what I got. TV, you know. I mean, the clothes are great. So. I'm a big fan of Anne. Yeah, she's great. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, after party. And you're like, hey, Mr. Hey, Scheduler, dude. I'm like, hey, Matt. Um, so I had met him there. And he would get in the comments sometimes, too. So we all kind of awesome. knew who he was. And like, oh, he's Gary's, you know, he's Gary's Gary assistant. Because calls people out in a show, too. Right, of course. Yeah. because I, mean, I really want to meet this Matt guy. Right. <laughs> he is a character. Is that true? Oh, yes. Very much so. Um, but Matt would set up all the Wine Library TVs. So, of course, you know, Matt, what's this? Or, you know, right, whatever. Right, so, of course, right. you know, he was kind of known in the circle. So... You know, you're an assistant, you're at this after party, everyone's trying to swarm Gary. Everybody wants to talk to Gary. And ah. so, you know, I was there with my friends. Well played. And I'm like, well, hey, what's going on? You know, I know this is kind of like, what are you drinking? What do you do? Like, you know, just getting a conversation. Like, you don't need to be sad off in the corner. Like, no need right, for right, that. Right, 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 right. So um, we were talking and, you know, telling him what's going on. And he was like, oh, that's so cool. And I was like, yeah. So, you know, we had exchanged cards. And uh, I got in his email, so I was like, oh, that's cool. So flash forward to when I'm there in Fronsac and I had internet for once. And uh, it was like lightning strikes. You're like, was, oh, catch it now. Oh my God, God has touched me. Um, so <laughs> so I had, uh, you know, updated Facebook and whatnot. And right, like, right. The important uh, things you know, first. The yeah. issues that I have right. to deal with. So I had, uh, I had then, you know, I'm like, hmm, I'm mulling. And I'm like, you know, I should probably send an email to Matt. It's October. I'm about a month out until I get back home. 
And so I sent the email and I was like, you know, basically, hey, I'd love to be a guest on the show. I can bring some wine. Wow, that's really, uh, you know, showing some chutzpah, so, as they say. Very uh, much so. <laughs> I kind of do that sometimes. Yeah, you just went for it. I just went for it. Yeah. So, no uh, asking for permission. No, 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 no. And he had had guests on before and, you know, he, yeah, they so. knew of me. So it wasn't like just coming way totally out, out of left of field. Yeah. So, of course, then I have to wait, like, a week until I can get internet again. So, of course, I'm, like, you know, all jittery. Right, like, right, right. It's like being on? in a submarine. Yeah. We got to go up so we can get the message. Yeah. <laughs> We're too far down. Oh, close the screen door. So, um, I had uh, finally got back and got the internet again and yeah. logged in. And lo and behold, there was an email from Mr. Sidemer saying, yes, we'd love to have you on the show. What See, can we so do nice. for dates? He was a great guy. He is a great guy. Um, so I was like, okay, wonderful. Uh, coming back around Thanksgiving, like would these dates work, you know, cause I'd have to drive down from Rhode Island. So he was like, yeah, let's do this date. Was so, he there at the airport telling people that you were getting your visa? Kristen's <laughs> almost here. She's, she's off getting her she's visa. She's getting her visa. She'll be here soon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're hoping. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, you know, I, I got back without, well, I always have issues getting back from France. I, there's some strike or another coming. No doubt. Always. No doubt. Always. Um, can so, I can I jump in with my yes, strike story? Please, well, please. I go there one summer. The baggage handlers are on strike, so I had to get my bags from the back of the truck myself. Like I had to hop up onto the back of a of a like a semi truck. So and, they let like, you on the find tarmac. My bag. Yeah. Well, like basically they didn't let us into the. It was Charles de Gaulle. Like right. it's ghetto anyway. But like yeah. they didn't even really let us into the building. They, they were like, okay, stand outside. We're going to roll up this truck, and then you're going to, like, hop up hop up there and find it. Not, like, tagged or anything. You're just going to, like, look, oh, that's mine. Oh, sure. Then you get there, uh-huh. and then it turns out there's a museum strike. Well, you're in Paris. Like, so, like, that's, that's... half the attraction would yeah. be, like, the Louvre and that's the terrible. Orsay. Yeah, it was a museum strike, and it lasted, oh, a month. Oh, <laughs> sounds about right. And there yeah. was one day where they would take all the available people who would work for a museum and they would put them in the Louvre so they had enough to staff the Louvre. <laughs> and so it would be like one day a week and it would be Sunday. And the all line, the, world. the line, yeah, tout de monde, mm-hmm. tout monde. Tout the line was 3,000 people long, like all the way from the door to that pyramid thing. Yes. And, then, and they're like in the subway in that entrance in the subway, like, you know, wrapped around. Yeah. And yeah. Like downstairs, yeah. like rats through the thing and like through <laughs> the concession thing. That sounds about right. And then also mm. there was a transit strike. So like after I waited out the museum strike and I'd been there a month, like <laughs> yeah. what if I'd only been there a week? Like, oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. Too bad. That's so Paris. Then there was a transit strike because some like hoodlum pushed some like subway guy. And so all the all the transit people went on strike to protest like the poor conditions of the metro right safety well i mean you know why not so no subway and no bus wow so the taxi queues were like 40 long and i couldn't get to school (laughs) it was amazing that that sounds all in the space of one summer talk about a french experience really 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 brought it home for me yeah it does so yeah, that that's fun. Um, so yeah, always have a strike, you know, coming home. So do you have to deal with a lot of strikers on Wine Library TV? You know, I like thankfully... Mott's like I'm not doing it for these conditions. <laughs> well, we had another camera woman, so it was okay. Like, yeah. <laughs> we had a scab. Someone that would cross the line for you. <laughs> mm-hmm, exactly. <laughs> so um, you get back, so and get Matt's back. there holding a sign that uh, says, saying, "Welcome hey, back, Kristen. You got your visa." <laughs> um, 
So I, I go go down there, and I had brought back uh, two wines uh, from the chateau. Oh, you did? Okay. Yeah. So that was you know that was suitcase kind of selection. Point. Yeah, of course, of course. That's I think I packed about four in my bag. Please don't do anything. Uh, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Just in case uh, any taxation right. people are listening. Yeah. We get a lot of customs officers. I'm sure on, we do. Yeah. Lots. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, you know, all the new guys in Newark and JFK, listen, uh, I'm sure it's a big hit there. Um, but anyway, uh, <laughs> so I go down and, and tape the show. Uh, this is November of 08. And, you know, had a great time. It was so a lot of fun. So they didn't just shine you. They were like, yeah, we'd love to have you on the show yeah, and then, one day. Oop, they they actually, like, scheduled you for They one. scheduled me, and I was, you know, right in there. And, you know, just a little bit of weight, but that's about usual. And um, and what did you drink at that? Uh, we drank, so Chateau Curaz, uh, the place that I had worked, oh, okay. did some back vintage. Um, he gave me 02 and 2000. Basically, he doesn't have a ton of wine left there. Okay. Um, the owner is actually Danish, and he exports most of the wine, apart from what Benoit keeps, to Denmark. That's so, a very, like, right bank thing to do, I think. Right? Exactly. Um, so, you know, so that's kind of, like, the dearth of wine that's there. <laughs> um, By the way, you do have the best vocabulary of any guests we've had on the show. Oh, I wow. I'm really, wow, I'm flattered. No, I'm telling it's, you. There's been a lot of great guests on. Well, yeah, you know, there's been a dearth of fine vocabulary. <laughs> Let me put it that way. Well, I'm I'm hoping to ameliorate the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that was probably one of my favorite French English experiences was uh, reading I'm some French, and I see ameliorate, and I'm like, what the heck does that mean? Yeah. So I look Wasn't it up. Wasn't he a poet? In the yeah, he must 18th have been. Century. So I look it up, French English dictionary, ameliorate, to ameliorate. <sighs> Okay, thank you. <laughs> so then, go on the internet, find out what that means. So yes, I, I, I enjoy those words. It's tough when you have no Wi-Fi, though. I know, no Wi-Fi. <laughs> um, <laughs> so did the show. And um, how did it go? I mean, he was nice to you in person. Fantastic. I mean, it was a lot was of fun. He, is he the same guy at the after party as he is on camera? Or? I mean, yeah. In the in the office, he's a little bit different. And is you that know, true? Oh, I mean, he's not as you know. He doesn't need to go over the top. Is it like that Woody Allen thing where he's like, <laughs> if it bends, it's funny, but if it breaks, <laughs> it's not funny. And he's like yelling at people. He's yeah. like, fire him! I don't care if his wife's sick. Send flowers. He yells, but in you know exclamatory you know things like for the Jets or right, you know for, jets, for for those right. sorts of things. Um, not about like being angry. Like he doesn't you know really do that so uh but no he's you know just more down to earth like he's not on he's a stage people. yeah exactly he doesn't have to like syllable out his name in regular everyday speech oh, precisely yeah Vaynerchuk. um so yeah he uh i brought a friend too so she was watching off on the side he gave us hugs like you know i mean just nice down-to-earth guy and then we taped and we had fun and he was like yeah thank you so much for coming down and i was like yeah thank you for having me and you know basically we i bought some wine of course before i left and uh oh also well played yeah well i had to i always forget to do things like that well i was living in rhode island so it's not all right right right, choice there and i was like oh these things are cool um so packed up the car and then left and then i had gone back home i'm like well that was fun and it's November of 2008 to about January of 2009. Those are probably... How's the job market looking? Oh, it's looking fantastic. I mean, <laughs> you know, I, I just had to throw away some offers because there were just so many so coming many. to my door. You were on strike? You know, I was on strike. Because um, that was the kind of the dip the of thing. the recession. That yeah. was very much the dip of recession, especially with wine. Right, right, right. 
because people had a little too much and too yeah. few buyers lining up. Who's going to use all that extra cash? What extra cash do you have? Why are you going to be buying wine? Right. And so, you know, I'd first been looking at distributor positions around the area in Boston. and Because um, you were kind of from the mass area in general. Exactly. So I was looking at that and, you know, there's nothing or at least there were things that were you know need to have five years experience as you well, know those dudes in mass never leave their job i like know the distributor guys yeah it's like they're 10 15 for, 25 year veterans you're there for life it's you know. they really are lifers yeah. yeah so i think they'd say life is yeah yeah I, you know um I, i've ironed out the accent over the years so you know it's <laughs> i like that you could just pull it back at will though it's you know? fun I it's mean, like how meg ryan can cry on camera like at q <laughs> meg cry now okay Boom. oh so sad um so yeah that's that's what i do with the boston accent but um you know, I'm looking, I'm looking, and there's really nothing out there. I'm writing my thesis, and I'm looking in May to defend it um, back out in Madison and then get my, hopefully, my uh, my graduate degree. Um, and so I had, uh, you know, I've been thinking, I'm like, well, I'm on the East Coast. New York's not that far away. Yeah. There are retail positions down there. And at that time, I, you know, I'd heard of Crush and Chamber Street and, and those places, you know, the big guys. The um, big guys. The big guys. Said from the person Come who works the at the nerdy, wide library. For the nerdy people. Um, but like the names, you know, like those are like As if immoral like and, and those. Right, and, you right, right. know, like I'd heard the shops, the shops that are well known. The guys. Yeah. So, um, so I'd heard and, you know, I'm kind of thinking about it, mulling it over. And one day, now I'm always, uh, I've always been kind of big on tech, um, you know, so I was one of the Is early, that true? yeah, so I was one of the early adopters of Facebook when it was only for colleges. Um, you know, I then got onto Twitter when I heard about Twitter. I'm like, this is kind of cool. It's amazing how so, Twitter has become oh, so incredibly such big a, of a thing. It's like a big, huge cocktail party with people from all around the world. I mean, that's just kind of what it's like now. I'm usually drunk when I, I'm on it. So I mean, why I guess, not? Right? I guess that analogy is quite apt. Bad could happen. <laughs> so, um, so you know, I'd been on Twitter and um, I had been following Matt Sinemer, who was the assistant. And of course, I followed yeah. Gary and all those guys. Um, but uh, all of a sudden, one day, I get a direct message, one of the private messages on Twitter from uh, Matt Sinemer saying, "Hey, we're going to be coming up to Boston for the Wine Expo. Would you be able to help us at the booth that they had?" Oh, that's cool. So I'm like, oh, "Yeah, of course I can." Isn't it amazing you can get a job through a DM? Right. It's like, kind of crazy. Right? Let me reach out to you about a job. I'm going to direct message hey, you. It'll you know. be less than 140 characters. Right. Yeah. Got to be quick. So, uh, so I was like, "Of course," and you know. Looking at it, I'm like, well, that would be amazing. Like, look at how many people I could meet, and you know, yeah. that would be fantastic. Because pretty much the whole world is there. Yeah, that's England in the yeah New England area. So, so two days and big and two days a lot of huge, wine and... a lot of wine. I was there working at the booth, and this is when you know Wine Library TV was his big thing, and he, that's what he focused all of his time on, um, pretty much. So he was there, and of course, like getting bombarded all day on Saturday with people like, "Hey, Gary, let's take a picture! Yay! Like, uh, let's do that!" How many times did that happen? Uh, innumerable. I mean, can it you was... sign this for my daughter? <laughs> yes. So I mean, you know, he had the book too, and that was you know kind of thing. And hey, we're the Wine Library. We can't ship to Massachusetts. Yay! Right. Right. <laughs> Right. Yeah, exactly. So, those, so he was basically there laws. promoting the show because he couldn't 
Yeah, yeah you can't yeah, yeah. sell, you know. And so um, so I was helping out, and uh, there are a couple other people who were helping too, and we're like, hey, let's go get dinner. And Gary's like, yeah, you want to come along? And I was like, well, was sure. Nice yeah, so I was thank you. So I go along, we have fun, and then there was, of course, an after party. He made you pay. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, oh, I can't pay for that. Wow, it's a check for 12 people. Hey, oh, Kristen. Hey, you want to take this? Uh-huh. <laughs> so, Thanks so, so much for having me along. Oh, I really appreciate it. I'll be in debt for years now. Um, no, so, uh, so of course, there was an after party. Of course. Naturally. That's how he rolls. That's how we all roll. How many and, escalades uh, roll up to the club when it's when it's scary? It's insane. You know, I mean, it's just so many. Uh, actually, he writes in a Bentley. Um, you know. <laughs> yeah, with the uh, gold trim. Yeah, of course. I mean, it's nothing less. Only way to go. Yes. So, um, <laughs> so we'd gone there and, you know, had a lot of fun. And then I went back the next day, that Sunday for the last day of the expo. And so the expo was like this crazy thing because you have like the early trade hours, right? And then, right. <laughs> then it's like the running of the bulls at one o'clock or 12 when they no open doubt. up the door. Oh my God. And, you know, we weren't serving any wine, but of course we get all these people like, do you have any wine? Yeah. What you got back there? <laughs> no, no, we don't have any wine. I've go actually go seen get drunk somewhere else. People standing fall over at that thing. Like really? just fall over. Like, I, I like mean, it timber. Is. Like I saw a lady like take out a, like she grabbed onto like a, the cloth that was on a table and like oh, take no. the whole thing with her. Like she was, you know, wow. people get drunk. Yeah, they do. They yeah. do. It's always interesting to see like the stragglers leaving. Like the last call when they like dim the lights at the end and then it's like, everyone's like pounding. Let, come on, let's go get to the tables. Like boom, boom, boom. And they got the guys <laughs> checking to see if you're trying to take bottles off yes. at the oh, door. Crazy. You know what I mean? Because people are always trying always to like trying grab to, stuff off oh, tables. Oh, I'll take so. this off your hands. It'll be okay. Yeah. No, no, no. no it won't be okay. Um, so so it's, it's kind of a busy craziness in there. And especially it was, you know, Gary's big time and he was, you know, out there and people were coming up. So on Sunday, there was this like absolute lull at like two in the afternoon, which but, is kind of crazy because people were hung over. I guess so. Day. Yeah. So I was sitting down and he kind of sat down and I was like, you know, hey, can I ask a piece of advice? And he's like, sure, shoot ahead, you know, go. What, what do you want to ask? And I go, well, you know, I'm thinking about moving down to New York and I'm looking at going into retail. What would your advice be to me? Seems like he would know some stuff. You'd think, yeah. I mean, you know, he's been in the business for a bit. so And his he, family's been in the business. Exactly. He knows what it's like. So, you know. So what did he say to you? So he kind of looks at me for a second and cocks his head a little bit and he goes, well, how about working for us? Oh, super nice of him. Crazy. <laughs> I was not expecting that. Um, so, you know, he was like, you know, and let me work out some numbers and, you know, we'll see. Like, but I, I'd i love to have you on board. Oh, that's great. So I'm like stunned. Um, so within three weeks from that day, I was living and working in Jersey. Wow. Yeah. He must have liked that front sack, huh? Yeah, very much so. <laughs> oh, 2000 vintage. You know what I mean? Yeah. Gets them every time. So, uh, so, you know, I started working there and it is such a huge store. It's about What's like, it like? I've actually never been. I'm sorry. I'm dumb. Yeah, it's okay. You're not dumb. It's all right. It's Jersey. It's okay. I mean, I follow it on the web. I just, right. It's, yeah. You know, it's, it's, that's probably how you, most of the business is done, right? Most of like it's web. Yeah. Cinderella Wine and everything. Right. And Cinderella, which is our sister site, and then winelibrary.com, which is the normal. And then, you know, we do have a lot of in-store traffic, but, you know, it's definitely web-based, of course, by now. So um, is it 
a lot of wine there? I mean, like, because it seems on the site like that's yeah. a lot of wine. So <laughs> there's when a, you roll there's in, a lot of wine. is it like Indiana Jones with all the cups? And you're like, yeah. which one of these do I pick he up? He chose wisely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you know, you walk in there and it's about 35,000 square feet of retail over okay. two floors. So it, it's pretty massive. That sounds pretty big. Uh, a lot of people drive by it and they think it, like it's an office building. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's pretty plain on the front. You know, it just has wine library up on the top. So I'm like, well, don't you guys know that there's like wine up there? <laughs> Maybe that, that was kind of an indicator. It was a wine shop. But anyway, um, you walk in there and it's there's this big foyer as you walk in and it's open to the second floor. And you walk in and that's when like you can tell when people come in for the first time because either it yeah, it hits them. Either they go, whoa, and they look all around at what they see or they go, oh, what's that smell? Because there's our gourmet department like pretty much right as you enter and there's been cheeses I haven't seen since I was in France. And of course, it's kind of stinky. So it's a good stink, but it's a it's a stink nonetheless for people used to, you know, prepackaged craft singles. So um, it's quite the experience. Like my parents, so you're talking about. Hey, I used to do it when I was three, so it's okay. Um, <laughs> so, you know, it's quite a place and, you know, you've got two floors of retail. You've got about... How do you communicate in such a big space? Do you oh. just yell up the stairs? Well, you can do that, or you can. Ha- we have walkie-talkies. Oh, you have walkie-talkies. Uh, yeah. Is for... it like in the ear, like the, the Secret Service <laughs> and stuff? Actually, they did get a few of those. So Eagles like... buying a car- case of Carlo Rossi. <laughs> Bring it up from the belt. Um, <laughs> so no, they actually bought some of those, which they is rather those, hilarious. So yeah, like there's a couple of guys. Style. Yeah, there's a couple of guys who are like using always it like holding that. their ear. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so. Um, so yeah, we, uh, we use walkie talkies, um, but it's about 5,000 different SKUs in that store. Which is different wines and that's a lot. SKU, liquor, wine, um, everything, beer. Um, so it, it, it can get very overwhelming. So you can sell liquor, wine, and beer. Like that's not an issue. And gourmet. Yeah. And gourmet, yeah, and gourmet. Mm-hmm. That's the Jersey like wow. twist on things. Amazing, yeah. Cheese. Do you Fine. don't you don't have to have separate entrances and nope. stuff? Like people can come in the same door. Yeah, exactly. It's not New York. <laughs> I know, right? It's crazy. So, um, but what's it like with laws out there? Because isn't there a lot of BYOB? Yeah, there is. So basically, it's uh, they did a lot of restructuring. I think in the like late seventies, early eighties, because there were a lot of for the retail side, there were a lot of monopolies. Oh, okay. And so they broke those up, um, which actually the wine library used to be one of those stores in the Monopoly. Oh, so it's like um, a baby bell thing. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and so there's that. And then for BYOBs, there's like a certain amount of liquor licenses, I believe, that are grandfathered for restaurants. And I, I don't really know because I don't work in the restaurant scene, but, but that's why there's so many so BYOBs. To... It's not very easy at all. And if like, usually if like a restaurant's closing, you can try and buy it off them, but it's going right. to be at a premium. Mass is like that. Mass is very much like that, yeah. but they don't do BYOBs as much. Right, right, you know? right, right. They yeah. have more availability, I guess. But, um, but anyway, that's kind of how the BYOB business works there. I mean, it's just... It's so people grab it retail because actually they can't buy wine at they the can't, restaurant. Yeah. Well, some of them, if they don't have a liquor license, what they can do is they can sell Jersey wine. What's that? New Jersey state wine. Oh, okay. Yeah. I yeah, because they can actually, like buy from... I've just never encountered that. <laughs> I, I mean, I guess obviously they exist. it exists. They but, exist. Yeah. There there are quite a few. Um, but, Does you know, they... like Snooki have her own one and stuff? I or... hope not. That would be great. Come on. Yeah. It Don't would be think? like Five Alive and <laughs> like... <laughs> the situation Merlot. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, God. Yeah, that would be... 
a very interesting drink. <laughs> but uh, I think you'd have to doctor with some liquor. So even if you don't have wine. a liquor license, you can sell local wine at your Local restaurant. wine. Because oh, I think wow. they can buy it direct. But again, I'm not it's like sure of all the moonshine days or something. I know, right? Here's Isn't that crazy? Hooch. Like, it, it's just, it doesn't make sense. But that's Jersey, so it's okay. But um, if you're not so into that, if you want to try so like Fronsac. And yeah, you or you want to have something wine good, like you can go and, you know, pick up and we're right by downtown Milburn. So of course, like around five o'clock on Friday, Saturday, it's like you get a rush of people coming in, you know, getting and half bottles. Half bottles are huge too um, in the state because of BYOB and people don't want to bring home full bottles. So, you know, they'll do the halves. But yeah, so that's like one of the big things. And then, you know, working there, you have to know everything from Carla Rossi to Oprion and DRC and everything. So it's like there's such a breadth of product. That's kind of crazy when you think about it because you really nuts. have to do the whole spectrum. Right. I mean, you get smaller shops like in New York where you can get away with being niche, but like where we are, I mean, there are a couple big box stores like us. So you do have to have the product and like How long know. does that take? I mean, and on the learning curve. Like, I mean, because I would it's, imagine no matter what experience I brought to the table, I wouldn't know about all of that. Right. You know what I mean? And that's the thing is like. like leap from milch all the way up to, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Long gold capsule. Uh-huh. You know, there's a lot of space mm -hmm. in between. There, you know? There's quite a lot of space. So it takes like, if you're working on the floor and our sales floor, it takes a good six months to really get into it and, and know what exactly. Because we also do a lot of bigger buys that, you know, we have a lot of traffic on our website and right, in right, our right. store. So we need to have things like we can't buy like five cases of something and expect it to last long. Right. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's just it's not a reality Volume for us. Volume is a thing. Yeah, precisely. So, I mean, that's something that we do. So getting to know those things um, and they can be standbys for people like um, the Salvard Unique Sauvignon Blanc. Like that is the, from IPO. That is like a standby. It's a Kermit product. Like it's something. And so it has a little butterfly on the front of the label. Okay. So people come in and ask for the butterfly wine. Oh, okay. So you you kind of have to know those things. Like right. what butterfly wine? But I mean, if you're ever in a spot of trouble there, you just get on the walkie talkie like a you know secret service agent and you can ask for someone's help who might so be more knowledgeable. If I don't know all my non-vintages of Carlo Rossi, right. then I can ask someone else. I actually got chastised once for not knowing the difference between the Livingston jugs and why they what they taste like oh really uh-huh yeah that wow. was that was a good one <laughs> sorry it's chablis it's not really chablis but it's chablis uh, it's white it's liquidy uh it's about all i can tell you <laughs> so did you start as like a sales on the floor kind of thing yeah so um so gary's plan for me he was like you know i want you to work on the floor for six months yeah um because there is a lot to learn of course and right. you know well, it sounds like it yeah. And I mean, being there, you're there for a year, you learn so much in right. that year and you get to taste so much because there's so many people coming in and pitching your product and, you know, sure. and coming in you're and seeing everybody. Oh yeah. And like bringing in, you know, some cockamamie stuff, but of course you get some really great stuff. Like the first day I was there, I was drinking Grand Cru Burgundy. Like that was great. Um, you know, and the wine director who I mean, had a shadow. Grand Cru Burgundy on the site when I was flipping through, I was like, Hey, what kind of rent, French rents are here? It's yeah, just, you, know, you can fair amount of stuff. You can thank Ian Dorn for that one. He's our wine director, and he's a huge Burgundy fan. I mean, oh. he's yeah, and I call him the encyclopedia of wine um, because you know he was like my go-to if I had you know what Salice Salentino, then he'd boom be at it. Dum, does this and really? here's the you know here's the Burgundy guys actually pull that out. 
he is, move, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. I mean, he can bring you through pretty much all of the store and tell you about the things. Like, he's just a wealth of knowledge. Um, so it's, he was a great person to learn from, and I still learn from him today. Like, it's just, it's fantastic the amount of knowledge he has. So, um, these days you're a buyer yourself, right? Yes. So, um, so basically, the first six months I was down on the floor learning everything, and then at that six month mark, pretty much, I moved upstairs. Um, so kind of have this like upstairs, downstairs, yeah. thing, like Downton Abbey like almost. Abbey. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so the upstairs is kind of more of our web-based area um, and our ordering department and our shipping area as well, and as well as just office area and space. Um, and so upstairs on the third floor, um, I moved up there and basically he was transitioning out. So Matt Sidemer, the you're assistant. You're talking about Gary was transitioning. No, no, Matt oh, Sidemer, the Matt assistant. Matt was transferring And out. Gary a bit. Um, they were transferring out basically and starting to create VaynerMedia at this point. This Got is it. early, well, mid-09 at this point. So the people that you had kind of connected with were starting to, they'd gotten so big that they were kind of doing their own thing. <laughs> Correct. Uh, and his brother, uh, Gary's brother, AJ, was graduating that year. So it was like, it was time. They knew they had wanted to do something together. And so they created the digital agency called VaynerMedia. So, okay. so they were transitioning out and he wanted, uh, Gary wanted Matt to come with him um, as an admin, but also as, you know, he's a brilliant mind and great at strategy. So like, you know, bring him on and, you know, he'll do great. Um and he needed the change too, I think. So Matt was doing Matt, all of our. Matt did. Yeah. He needed new challenges. Yeah, he's a very, very smart guy. So he just needed that, um, and you know, he's very well suited for it too. So he had left. Well, as he was leaving, he was transitioning me into doing all that he did, you know, apart from Gary's stuff. So well, all the social cool. media, Wine Library TV, because that was still going on at the time. Because you had the tech background. I had the tech background and um, and then also all of our like our email service. So all those emails have to get written up by somebody. Right. Oh, so you write the email? So, yeah, I do parts of the emails. Like I'll write up some of our main emails, which is our big blasts. And because um, that's got to be represent huge volume. Yes. So like, yes, you know, you so in your studio apartment, or, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, you yeah. know, so it was it was it was quite, you know, flattering to to be, you know, brought up that soon and, you know, to really start working. What on did all you that. learn on that side? I mean, what's important when you write an email? I mean, it's one of those things where you have to do a little research and, you know, here's the thing, like we still rely on points and, you know, uh -huh. to a lot yeah, of people. I noticed that a lot on the website. Yeah. And here's the thing. I know like there are a lot of stores. Yeah. The scoring yeah. of wine. And listen, I know there are a lot of people who are, you know, eschew the system and I, I don't always think it's fantastic either. I mean, I think pinning a number on something is you know, it's kind of transient, you know, the, the wine can change. The wine can change, yeah. The wine can change, and, and it's, a, it's a moment in time that this person's tasting it. Are they in a good mood? Are they in a foul mood? You know, what what are they going through that day, and, and what like are they tasting? I like to pick a wine critic that's always in a bad mood, because yes. I feel like he's consistent. That would be great. You know what I mean? I mean, I wonder who could be the most curmudgeonly wine I critic. have some ideas. Yeah, me too. Um, <laughs> but, you know, all that being said... What I tell people when I'm on the floor and I'm, you know, they're asking about points, you know, I say, look at the tasting notes. These guys taste a lot of wine. And, you know, you can find a Chardonnay from California that has 92 points and you can find a Burgundy that also has 92 points, uh, Whiteberg. And look at those two and, you know, see the notes. 
what looks more interesting to you? If you see creamy, vanilla, and you know, rich and full-bodied, does that sound appealing? If you look at white burgundy, you see crisp, you see minerality, you see pear and apple and this and that. Does that look interesting to you? Which seems more appealing? Because I mean, Chardonnay is one of the most divisive grapes ever, and right, apart right. from Riesling, it can or, do a lot of different know. things. Yeah, and so like, look at those notes. Those are the most important things. Don't really pay attention to the scores as much because it's those that really will tell you what the wine is like. And, you know, it's it's the service for a lot of people, uh, a lot of people who don't have the time to really dive in and be as nerdy as people like us are. You um, feel it gives some people some confidence to take a risk on a wine that they don't know anything about. Yes, very much so. And I mean, we always get the question too, like, why doesn't this have any points? And we go, well, there's a lot of wine out there. They can't drink everything, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And a lot of people just feel, I mean, a lot of people still rely on them. And we notice a lot of people who don't really care or like, oh, well, that's nice, I guess. But, you know, like, I know, I, I know this wine. I like it. I'm going to buy it. It doesn't matter what kind of point score it gets. But a lot of people, a lot of people still rely on them. And, you know, it's it's one of those things where if cases move as a result that means something i mean yeah i mean it helps sure um and we've helped out wineries before that you know needed to move things um and it's been mutually beneficial but it's it's one of those things too where it's like people still rely on them and i can't i can't wrap my head around just completely eradicating them because i feel like it's a service that people still use and yeah. although there's still issues with it a lot of issues. Um, you know, I, I just feel like there are a lot of good people coming in like Peter Leem and John Gilman and these guys that are really doing it for the passion of it. Uh -huh. You know, and Gilman uses points. Yeah. And, like and they use points, you use know, points. and, you know, Peter Leem does the stars, but, you know, that's all good. Um, that's how they convert points into euros. That's right. That's right. That's true. Yeah. Because um, you get the fake money over there. <laughs> it's yeah, it's all monopoly. Yeah, it's monopoly stuff. But I mean, you know, that's kind of how we use the points. And I mean... You're saying it's a way of communicating with people. Yeah, it gets people's attention, but it's, you know, for the people who don't care, they don't care, you know, whatever. But I still find that there are, you know, we sell all across the country and there's a lot of people asking for, I want 95.1, that's, you know, this and this and this, and they'll give their specs or whatever. And we'll do that. I mean, it's still a service to these people. Well, and, it you does know. seem like you guys try to be, uh, in general, nice. Like, uh, like the good nice. guys. Like, <laughs> like uh, you know, not talking down to people, but also just pretty good with the old customer service. Like, yes. hey, we want to know what's going on. And yes. if you're telling us you're not digging that, we hear you. Right. I remember sometime... I can't remember if it was like, oh, you know, I think it was on that Spanish thing that was like rated and then turned out to be something oh, different. Yeah, and the, um, people were complaining Sarah, about it. And then the uh, somebody uh, from Wine Library went on to the bulletin board and was like, hey, we'll buy them all back from you guys. Don't yeah. we just come bring them back for a return. It's no big deal. Like, that happened that like stuff. right as I was like in the middle of my first year there. Um, the Sierra Carche, that's what it was. It wasn't like, it oh, was like, that's too bad for you. Yeah. You know sorry, I mean? guys. No, I mean, that's, you know, that's what we do. And I mean, you know, Gary wrote another book, you know, one of his many books yeah. he's got um, about customer service. And, you know, I started and I hired a couple people for what we called our thank you department. 
Um, which there, there is such a thing. Yeah, who do social, but they also do, you know, one-on-one customer stuff. So we What's call. That like? So I mean, it's great. I've got three people that I brought in for it. Um, so one of them runs our our Twitter accounts now. Okay. Um, so I've kind of gotten a little busier over the years. Um, so he's, you know, running that, and you know, how long have you been there total? Uh, actually, this the end of February this year will be four years. Oh, hey, congrats! So, yeah, thank you. Um, but yeah, I've got one guy, Brian, who does all of our social media and, you know, he's the one in the trenches, but he also emails people who unsubscribe from our email service. Oh, really? So yeah. if someone's like uh, Just hitting unsubscri- the unsubscribe thing, mm-hmm. then he reaches out to them yeah. like, hey, why'd you do that? Hey, you know, are, is everything okay? You know, right. what can we do to help? And we have I found- I was like, do you? Why don't you like me? Yeah, exactly. You know, I feel a little hurt. You know, what's going <laughs> on? So, um, you know, he's helped a lot of people who, you know, like a shipment didn't go out. Right. Because there was- a reason they're yeah. pissed off about something right and exactly and it's more of a passive move instead of calling right. us or like you know it was delayed or what have you or you know look i got a wine it was bad well we'll take it back if it was corked like just leave the wine in the bottle and we'll get a shipment back for you you know it's no problem that sounds like a real smart way to kind of reach the dissatisfied people it's been really really helpful and then i mean we also do uh we call all of our new customers on the web you do yeah so all the people who order for their first time you know most of them are never going to set foot in the store and when you set foot in the store you probably get said hello to like five times when you first walk in (laughs) i mean they're really big on making sure the customer's acknowledged and you know is that true because a lot of retail shops you walk in and no one like looks at you and you have to track a dude down yeah exactly but we're all around and you know they that's one of the vaynerchuk's big thing is to make sure that they are acknowledged and taken care of and you know what can i help you with you know just really want to be out there because it is it's a large space there's a lot of wine and we know there can be questions you know do you have this wine where is this wine can you find menage a trois rouge like you know (laughs) you know those sorts of things um so that is one of the big things on the floor um on the sales floor and then upstairs i mean you know you just you find a lot of issues like during the hurricane you know i was on twitter and some people from california were tweeting at us like why hasn't my shipment gone out right 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 <laughs> i was like because it's the end of the world. world yeah so you know i'm like well uh we don't have any power <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> and they were cool with it you know but it's like you you Should try take and a get picture those... of you in the dark room and be like <laughs> this yeah. is me right now <laughs> so um you know so there's a lot of things that you can head off at the pass and right. make sure that they're there's no issue down the road because you've already taken care of it. They know, or they have somebody to reach out to. Cause I feel like if you're buying from an online store like us and you just don't have that interaction, who are you going to call? You know, when you have that direct contact with one of us from the thank you department, then it's like, okay, well I can call Kristen and I know she can help me and I got to expedite the shipment or, you know, whatever it might be. So, um, so you feel like social media is a really good way to do social outreach. It's so wonderful. Yeah. It's been such a help. Um, but yeah, so that, that's been one of the big things of, as of recently. Um, and then I started buying, uh, about, last year early last year okay and um, what is your field of buying like what is your territory i i'd like to change my uh my card to saying the wine nerd buyer because okay. i, I get all the, the fun categories yeah i get all the fun categories that so. sounds like it'd be great because you'd have the buying power but you'd deal with the good stuff exactly so i mean i've got um germany austria i've got all of champagne and sparkling i just got that actually and um and then i've also got loire valley alsace jura savoie southwest france provence languedoc roussillon oh my god yeah 
There's a lot. So how long before you're like a chevalier? Like, you know what I mean? If you're like taking 10% of the production of France and selling it. I, like, I, I just want a saber with that if I get it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's kind of what I want. <laughs> what you can officially wear around, like a yeah. Sikh. Yeah. That's part of my religion. Yeah. I have to wear this. I have to wear it. Yeah. I know my, I know it's a swimming pool, yeah. but uh, so I, I have It'll, to It won't me. rust. <laughs> yeah. It's okay. Um, but no, that those are all the categories I buy for, which is uh, has been a ton of fun. And, you know, you learn obviously more when you're tasting and you're getting all these things. What are you thinking in. about when you're like, hey, this is going to go from Corbier and it's it's going to go to Indianapolis. Like, what do you <laughs> what 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 do you keep in your mind when you're having well, that? Well, having lived, process? having lived, uh, you know, out in the boonies and other places where you just can't get good selection, or it's a state-controlled monopoly where it's like you, know, you get what you get. Um, I like to bring in the really fun and funky stuff, um, and they give you a lot of leeway with buying. Um, you uh -huh. know, so I mean, you can make mistakes, and and you know, obviously you need to get it out, but you can make mistakes, and it's you know, it's okay, and they know you learn better from that than you know. So, what would be an example of a mistake? Well, I brought in a Jura, um, I brought in a Sauvignon, and. I probably should have been a little bit more uh, – I probably should have been a little bit more aggressive on selling it, but I didn't. And then I just kind of sat there, and then I had to discount it. And, you know, I mean, it's just some of those things. You just really need to keep on top of your sections and make sure that things are moving, that it looks good, that, you know – Because movement's kind of the whole ballgame, right? Well, movement's a big ballgame. I mean, you don't want to just sit on things. You can't – I mean, you need to pay bills. Right. So, you know, you do have to keep them going. Um, so, I mean, there's things that you'll have to watch out for. If something's not selling, you just, you know – deactivate it and so it won't get reordered continually oh right because um, there's know. a system that right exactly they order it again mm -hmm. to make so, sure you have plenty right most of the time you're dealing with a lot of volume a lot of and a lot of different uh distributors too so that's the other thing it's how like, many distributors do you think you guys deal with uh probably f at least 50 yeah if not more. And there's a couple others. Actually, Camille Riviere and yeah, yeah. Uh, Charlie Woods. I'm going to hopefully start working with them. They're hopefully getting into Jersey this year. So. Oh, sweet. Yeah. And um, uh, Stephen Bitterell from uh, Von Bowden. Sure. I just was able to... So it's not like you're just dealing with like the big cats. Right. Because those are awesome. You know, they they have small books. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, you can make it work. Um, and so I mean, do you ever have that discussion where you're like, oh, there's only three cases of it. I don't know if it's worth our time or is it not like that? Well, I mean, you know, if it's really interesting and fun, yeah, it's definitely worth my time. Okay. And even if I, I just, can get I a case, know. you know, even if I can get a case, I get a case, yeah. great. And then those lucky people who got that wine, then, you know, that's all the better for it. Um, and I look for those interesting wines, like, you know, and I'll, I'll go and I'll, you know, I live in New York, so I'll go to a restaurant, like I was at Trestle on 10th, and I Which had, I love that yeah. restaurant. And, Where else great? Um, so their wine list changes con uh, continually, but I, I had one of their Rieslings by the glass, and it was the Guthurst-Manisberg uh, Trocken. Uh, comes from Winemonger. We hadn't been working with them. I loved the wine. So I'm like, you know, I reached out. I had uh, met up with James Wright, who's the sure, New Jersey sure. guy. Yeah. And I was like, hey, you know, you guys are in Jersey, right? You know, what's the min for delivery? And, you know, what do I need to do? And How many credit apps are you filing? Filing like <laughs> 
Oh, well, there's another 50 credit apps to file. Yeah. Well, thankfully, we have a, an accountant who does all that for right, us. Right, so, right, you know, right. that's good. Um, but no, so, um, you know, I go out and I try and find new things. And, you know, why isn't this in Jersey? Like, why don't I see this on Searcher, Wine Searcher in Jersey? You know, but and, has the, during the period of four years, mm. has the me- median mean uh, American taste shifted at all, do you think? <laughs> like, have you seen what was normal change? Like, what's the normal buy? Well, I mean, especially when I started working there in 09, I mean, you know, we're in a very, very rich area. You are, okay. It's in Short Hills, Milburn. That's um, why I've never been. <laughs> Sorry. It's okay. They'll let the normies in. It's yeah, way. yeah. Um, you know, everyone got hit in 09, 08. Yeah. And so people- In all parts of the economy. Everywhere. And especially in finance and in, right. you know, all that area. So- you know, people who were buying, you know, $50 wine were buying $25 wine. People who were buying, you know, $20 wine went down to 10 And so that obviously boomed when, you know, we when I first started working there. And I felt like things have been shifting up recently and people feel a little bit better economically. I've also noticed champagne pricing going up like five bucks a bottle, which is insane because they're trying to recoup their losses, I, I would assume, which is, well, you know, bad, but whatever. Um, and you know, there might be some short vintages involved too. That's right? that's true, but you know. What do you think is going to happen in 2012 when no one has any volume? Like, how does that affect places like you? Well, you know, you get to a point where you just need to build good relationships with people. Yeah. And so, you know, we've we went out You've to been California. There for a while. Yeah, we, I mean, we went out to California in September, and you know, we met with a bunch of people, and you know, it's all about building relationships. And you know, a lot of the problem is. Um, they just they don't have the direct contact with us. It you know went through the distributor or what have you out here. Right, they don't so, know you. Yeah, exactly. It's, so there was they're not just thinking like Kristen. They're thinking like your distributor. Wine library. Right, yeah. Right. Right. Um. You know, and and certainly we've gotten a price cutting reputation in the past, and and you know we used to do things at like cost. Did that and, ever piss people off? Oh yeah, totally. I mean that was. <laughs> That was a that was a big thing and what we're kind of notorious for. And, you know, we're good on pricing and, you know, we try and to be competitive and everything. What's but the advantage to, of doing things at cost as a salesperson? Well, it's, you know, for things like Insignia and those things, I mean. Is it like a loss leader? Like people come into the store for that and stick around for something else? Yeah. I mean, you, you get them in the store. You get them to, you know, get an order because they're now interested they're in this wine and a, it's. A customer now. Exactly. I they're mean, in those your are. database. Those are the things. And, you know, we also have to deal with Jersey as opposed to like buying direct from California with like, you know, some of the big guys out in California can buy direct from the wineries and, you know, we'll get customers calling up like, why is it, you know, $10 cheaper in California? Like, well, guys, (laughs) it had to get out here and cleared and through a distributor. So that's why, Um, you know, so you work with that, too. And that's, you know, one of the other things is that wine searches become such a tool and, you know, such a thing that you know, people will compare pricing, you know, in two seconds and be like, well, this guy's, you know, 20 cents cheaper than you can. You right. <laughs> like, okay, Do you ever feel yeah. like saying, well, we stored ours, right? Or yeah. like stuff like that. Like, you know, yeah. like it's kind of like the point thing. It would like, be nice to say. The, just the basic. Like, oh, of course. You know what I mean? Oh, like, no, I completely understand. And there's certain stores like, well, it's, I wouldn't trust it. But, uh, it's like you know, getting delivery and you can't see the health violation yeah. thing in the window. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. like, you're just calling oh, you're, up the number for Indian food and you the don't grade? know he's going to see because you're not actually Ooh. there in person and you don't mm-hmm. see what it's like. You know? 
Yeah, to a certain respect, and like that, that always will come up, and it it, it won't ever go away. Yeah. Um, but it's it's one of those things where you know, again, we are big in customer service, so you know, if we can do it, we'll do it for them. Do you feel like people are trying to game the wine searcher thing by being a dollar less than the next guy, so oh, that people hit that? Yeah, I mean, it it certainly happens, and you know, of course, we're a target now because we're one of the big guys, and it's you know, it's one of those things where you know we go out a certain price, and you know, we have to be careful with some things. Because if we want to be the best price, then we have to make sure that, you know, is the quantity, do, can we buy all the quantity that we can? And we're not going to get undercut by like one guy who buys one case at, you know, this price and we'll mark it up by you know, 10 points. And, you know. Right. Um, so that on, online it looks like. And right. And then, oh, we don't have any more. Right. But Oop. since you're here. So, hey, here you go. But I mean, so let me ask you. Mm. Was the real... I mean, outside of the outreach and outside of the educa- education that it did for people and mm. bringing people into wine, was the real advantage of the Gary thing that it made a very large company look like one dude who was kind of a goofball? Like, did it, like, humanize a fairly big operation? It, so people were like, hey, that's my buddy. Yeah. But it's actually, like, you know, that buddy's got an assistant, and then there's an assistant to the assistant, mm-hmm. and it's a big thing. No, I mean, Wine Library TV was such a – not only did it humanize the company, and that's for sure. Um, and they, you know, they'd get on the forums and be like, hey, I had an issue with an order. Can you help me, Gary? Or can you help me, Matt? Like, right. yeah. How many um, people were named Gary there? Like, hey, I'll be Gary today. <laughs> sure, I'm Gary. No, no, I mean, he, he'd get on the boards and he know, would. help sometimes when he had the time. I mean, he'd yeah. be up, you know, until two in the morning. Like, you'll get emails from him like, oh, okay. <laughs> you didn't go to sleep early. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, it, it was one of those things and he got busier. And so that's why we brought on more people um, to be those kind of like support staff to, to help with everything. Um, because of the popularity. Exactly. But also... It not only humanized the company, but it also got people into wine. I mean, I, uh-huh. I wouldn't be here really if if I right. hadn't he was gotten open into to it. You. He, and just and you're the whole show completely different than him. So it wasn't like he was just picking <laughs> on Gary. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, no, no, no. Of course, and I mean, you know, it, it's one of those things where people from all around the world got into it, and you know, right. I've I've helped people from Bangalore choose wine to go with their burrito they were having. I don't know where they found a burrito there, but they found a burrito. Um, so you well, know, I feel like they helped me with my cell phone plan. Right. So yeah. So I can it was just like wine choice. helping you know out. I mean? I'm fine with that. I think I suggested Chenin Blanc or something. Anyway. Um, so, you know, it's been an interesting thing where you just got so many people to come into wine and to try things and and open their mind to. And that was a lot of the, you know, what he preached was just, you know, come on, stop. Like, how many times have you drank this? You buy a case every week? Okay. This is Mm-hmm. There's a lot of different wine out there. Let's move on. Not just going with the momentum of I get this all the time. Yeah. I think his his uh quote was you're drinking it like you it has the cure inside. <laughs> like, wow. Like you need to move on. Yeah. And and this is what I tell people too is that and people are more receptive, I feel. I don't even like the cure. <laughs> like it's a wave a bummer. Wow. Are to you going to get some them. death threats? Yeah. <laughs> like, at least you're not saying, you know. <laughs> Robert least, Smith? I mean, that guy's I mean, a bummer. Morrissey, though? Oh, I don't know. Was yeah. Morrissey part of the cure? No, 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 no. But oh, okay. I mean, just totally like though. if you're right. if you're going to okay. go for like depressing, like oh, I right, think he right, kind of right. takes the cake, really. I don't know. Those electronic uh, background vocals and the cure ones. I mean, those are fantastic. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I mean, there's nothing like the 80s. Pictures but, uh, of you. <laughs> hey, so... <laughs> Let me ask you, you're yes. a young person. 
What's next for you? I mean, you know, you got a lot of future, whatever. What's your plan? I mean, you've you've succeeded a lot in four years. You got huge buying gig. You know, yeah. I mean, that's a lot. Yeah. I mean, what now? What's next? And from a company that tends to build like gladiators, like, hey, now I'm <laughs> I'm Barry Diller now. What do you know about that? Hey. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yesterday I was a Jets fan. Now I'm media mogul. What's next for you? Well. You know, to be honest, I don't know. Yeah. And well, maybe that's good. Yeah, and I'm, I'm one of those people where, I don't kind of do five year plans, and I don't, you know, like here are my goals for the next ten years, and you know, this is what exactly what I want to be doing, because I feel like I'd lose out on things, and I would be like, no, well, that's not part of the plan. You know, I can't do that. Um, so I kind of like to go at it as a at a laissez faire sort of way. Yeah. Um, Again. Vocab. Yeah, Thank the you. vocab. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's one of those things where I probably wouldn't be here today had I not gone with what, gone with what I did. Working. Yeah, exactly. And just been open to things. Yeah. And I feel like I have a lot more to learn um, with what I'm doing right now. And I feel like I can, I still have more things that I can, I can do at that, at Wine Library. And it's a great place to be. And, you know, there's, there's a lot I can do to, to grow, especially like the, the categories I'm growing. There's a lot of interest in them. And, you know, I, I want to be on the forefront there. Um, cause I find it so fascinating and like Riesling has become my new bow of, you know, <laughs> sure. well, I it mean, sounds like it. I mean, if you're tracking down wine monger to find, you know what I mean? Right. Sounds exactly. Like yeah. I mean, that's one of those things. And like, um, you know, a lot of people fall in love with Burgundy and I, I love Burgundy. It's, yeah. it's fantastic. And I love Pinot. I love when someone else pays for my Burgundy. I do too. Those I'm are fantastic fan people. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but I mean, uh, to me, I find like Riesling is kind of my grape. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't own it, but uh, it, it's my love, and I find that it can be more chameleon-like than almost anything. Pinot's great, and there is, I mean, I'm probably going to get in a lot of trouble with Burgundy fans, um, <laughs> and I, I, there certainly are the microclima and all that, and, you know, yes, but I don't find anything can be more different than, you know, tasting a Trocken Riesling to a, you know, TBA that's aged for 30 years. Right. Um, you know, I mean, there's just... going a lot of directions. It's so incredible. Is it important as a younger drinker to find something that feels like it belongs to you and that maybe your parents didn't drink much of? Like, is it a way that you can put your own stamp on something? I think so, for sure. I mean, you know, you can tell with a lot of the hipster psalms out there. I mean, like... Who are they? Oh, I don't know. Anybody wears plaid. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I mean, I, I feel like not only is it interesting and you can latch on to it and you can grow with it too, um, but I also feel that, you know, let's face facts, like we're in the wine business. We're not making boatloads of money, right, right, right. you know? And so when you find that amazing muscadet, then yeah, like latch on to it. It's a great thing. And it's under 20 bucks a bottle. Like that's just that's even better right now i love burgundy and sure i'll have other people pay for it if they can <laughs> and they'll enjoy it but uh you know if you're looking for everyday drinking wines and things that you can just really get into like flavio rodolo's dolcetto amazing oh. stuff love that wait stuff. a second See, folks, she knows <laughs> she knows how to game the system. Oh boy! Unbelievable that you would pick like my favorite favorite wine. Are you kidding? I just opened the 2010 this week. So good. Yeah, it's awesome. I visited. Flavia. You did? Yeah. 
I've not, never not been to Piedmont. Yeah. That's that's well, a region. One day we'll go. Well, you don't one buy day. for there, so that's... Uh, I can I can tag along. I'll trade you. you, you oh, okay. Know, I'll yeah. go with you to Burgundy. You take me to Piedmont. Awesome. Or, uh, it sounds like you're taking me to both. The, the way I just said it. But, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, we'll go. That's we'll a... we'll head out. <laughs> hey, so you must have some drinking stories. So, like, you know, you've been around a few bottles. So, I mean, what mm-hmm. stands out to you as a good time and a and a glass of wine? What was a real fun story? Well, actually, it was kind of surprising. Um, we had been out in California last September. We were out on a buying trip, and uh, it was our last night there. We had done, like, two absolutely insane days touring around, one day in Napa, one day in um, one day in Sonoma. And uh, we, we had gotten back. We were racing back from Sonoma. Of course, we hit traffic, naturally. And uh, we get... there's, like, two roads. Yeah. I mean, why, why need roads if you're in, some, like, a... <laughs> big suburban built up area but anyway so we get back to uh to san francisco and we meet at the restaurant uh the owner was there and he was already there so we're like sorry we're late (laughs) so we jump in and you know we had um they had opened up first was uh litter eye oh okay which one but it was red or white uh the the white the shard yeah i forget which one it was absolutely amazing oh my god like just if if you had blind tasted me on it, I would have been like, oh. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, you know those and those moments. I love those moments when I just get completely shocked. Like, really, that's what this is, <laughs> you know? Um, and actually, one time at Balloon, um, I had been there and Michael was doing his buy the glass program, and I got uh, he was like he had seventy eight Jordan, and I was like, well, fine. <laughs> Jordan, of course, being you know the Jordan cab, yeah, of Sonoma. course the synonymous, you know, cab. And, uh, and so opened it up and he, you know, set it down for me and I'm like, oh my, oh, this actually has character. And, you know, I mean, so there's a lot, you know, I poo poo California a lot just because I'm kind of a French snob, I'll admit it. But, um, but there are those moments where I'm like, oh yeah, okay, this is why people go out there. <laughs> like rediscover <laughs> you know? what's in your backyard. Exactly. Yeah. Which has been fun. I like that you keep an open mind. Kristen Murphy, thank you for being on the show today. Thank you for having me on, Levy. Kristen Murphy of the Wine Library comes and shows us how it's done. Thank you so much. <laughs> All Drink to That is hosted and produced by myself, Levy Dalton. Aaron Scala has contributed original pieces. Editorial assistance has been provided by Bill Kimsey. The show music was performed and composed by Rob Moose and Thomas Bartlett. Show artwork by Alicia Tenoyan. T-shirts, sweatshirts, coffee mugs, and so much more, including show stickers, notebooks, and even gift wrap are available for sale if you check the show website, alldrinktothatpod.com. That's I-L-L, drinktothatpod.com, which is the same place you'd go to sign up for our email list or to make one of the crucially important donations that help keep this show operating. You can donate from anywhere using PayPal or Stripe on the show website. Remember to hit subscribe or to follow this show in your favorite podcast app, please. That's super important to see every episode. And thank you for listening.